Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. As as we have made it to midweek, uh, hump day is different this week as sports has returned in some capacity. And we'll talk a little bit more about how uh, this uh, post-COVID sports world has become uh, a little bit of a two-step. Uh, you see some sports taking steps forward, some some sports taking steps back, but nonetheless, we are dancing right along here in the back half of 2020. But uh, baseball uh, has had their hiccups, but they are playing baseball still as of yesterday, and will continue to do so today. There will be a, a patchwork schedule for the, the Phillies and Yankees, and there will be uh, some halting of play for the Miami Marlins. They will be halted through Sunday. And, uh, of course, that will impact uh, how they recover and what their 60-game schedule looks like. But going to talk about the the USA South Conference, which is the conference that Maryville College sits in, uh, what they're going to do, how they've decided to to postpone fall sports uh, until the spring of 2021. They give a little bit of background on the reasoning for that. Uh, Talk about the NCAA, where they have lowered – uh, some rule and say that um, week zero is on the table. Uh, if, if teams want to uh, to be able to play on week zero to kind of balance and, and spread a schedule, uh, then they can do that. Uh, and then ultimately, the big news from yesterday, Governor Bill Lee lifts the contact order, the executive order that, that holds teams from contact to allow high school football to start on time, i.e. this Monday, and give way for the potential, and I say that because there's still a lot of unknowns, but the potential of a full, unaffected on-field schedule. Now, I think the stands and I think the concession stands and I think attendance will be affected, uh, but ultimately looks like the attempt to get games on schedule and a full 10 regular season games and, and the playoffs is back on the table. So that was a big victory yesterday we'll go over the release we'll go over what that looks like and then here for the local area you know where where they'll be headed uh there the first uh first week of the season there the third week of august but uh talk about some scores from yesterday uh, and of course it'll be 38 days until it's football time in tennessee but scores from yesterday the white Sox fall to the indians in cleveland uh four to three the indians improved to three and one the White Sox fall to one and three. Uh, on the, the Blue Jays, as they have become road warriors and will continue to do so, um, the Blue Jays five to one winners over the Nationals, five to one. As the Nationals now defending champs are one and four, the Blue Jays are three and two. The Cubs beat the Reds eight to five. Cubs now sit at four and one, two and oh on the road. Reds are one and four, all of that schedule being played 
in the confines of their own facility. But Baez homers twice as the Cubs stay hot in an 8-5 win over the Cincinnati Reds. The Rays continue to to show why they're uh, they're a pretty good team to watch. 5-2 to two victory over the Braves. Rays now sit at 4-1. and one. Braves are 2-3. and three. The Pirates defeat the Brewers. Out of way, Jeff. The Pirates now sit at 2-3. and three. The Brewers have fallen to 2-3 and three after an 8-6 loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Kansas City Royals fall to the Detroit Tigers. Tigers sit at 3-2. and two. Royals fall to 2-3. and three. I'm Trying to get my computer to slide on down. Uh, the Boston Red Sox fall to the New York Mets. The Red Sox have skid to open this part of the season, 1-4 on the season. The Mets are now 3-2, recovering nicely from what was a 1-2 start uh, against the Braves. The Indians, the doubleheader game number two, that kind of weirded me out a little bit. The Indians 5-3 in the back half of the doubleheader over the White Sox, 5-3. They, at the end of the night, were 4-1, and and at the end of the night, the White Sox were 1-4. The Twins get the victory over the Cardinals, 6-3. Diamondbacks over the Rangers. Dodgers take down the Astros. That was a doozy as uh, Joe Kelly, and I've got a little bit of of extra to talk about there. Uh, It was amazing uh, the social distancing that didn't happen as the Dodgers and Astros had a bench clearing after Joe Kelly struck out Carlos Correa uh, and uh, let's just say had some words of encouragement for the Astros hitter. Uh, as the Dodgers and, and Joe Kelly have been very vocal about what the Astros did or allegedly did, but um, I will say uh, between the, the throw behind Bregman uh, and then the, uh, the, the throw head high against Correa and then the words, uh, pointed is probably putting it lightly. So uh, the Dodgers, the first to have a big moment against the the Astros, as far as trying to, I guess, avenge what was a a uh, busted season, as as the rumors come out about beating a trash can and 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 filming and doing different things, sign stealing, if you will. Uh, but last night it kind of came to a head as Joe Kelly, who's known to be kind of a wild player. Uh, kind of made it known that he uh, he wasn't really a big uh, Houston Astros fan. Let's just put it that way. But uh, nonetheless, the Dodgers take down the Astros five to two. The Dodgers now are three and two, as are the Houston Astros. They fall uh, two, three, and two. Angels beat the Mariners ten to two. Rockies drop the Athletics eight to three. Padres over the Giants five to three. And uh, the Yankees-Phillies are idle as they have a makeup date to be determined. And the Orioles and Marlins um, also sat idle. Uh, with the wake of, of pushing Marlins out through the end of the week and, and trying to continue to, to validate or dispute said positive test for coronavirus, uh, they have decided to, to extend basically uh, the, the pause for the Miami Marlins. And it's really made for Major League Baseball having to hodgepodge uh, some things together. If you look at it, uh, on the fly is what this uh, this article's called. Uh, and again, it's written uh, written by the Associated Press on July the 29th. So uh, again, early morning article here. It says the Yankees will open a two-game series in Baltimore 
after their scheduled game this week with Philadelphia has been postponed due to the Marlins' coronavirus outbreak. The switch was announced Tuesday afternoon, and the Yankees had already begun driving their equipment back to New York when they got the word that Major League Baseball may instead send them to Baltimore. Said we're drinking out of a fire hose with all this stuff right now, said General Manager Brian Cashman. The Marlins season has been suspended, uh, as at least now 15 players have tested positive for the virus. The Phillies, who hosted the Marlins on Sunday, have ramped up their testing but have not found any positive tests. Philadelphia season is on pause until Friday uh, when the Phillies are set to host the Blue Jays in what technically would be a home place, home game for the displaced Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you, you know, and that's a different story altogether, but uh, the Marlins situation has uh, has put a roadblock in what has been a Major League Baseball season. But, you know, I kind of applaud the uh, the quick action to switch gears because uh, at this point, the, the immediate contact was Marlins-Phillies. So those two teams need to be paused. I mean, I think that's that's a foregone conclusion, and that has to happen. But the Orioles and Yankees were kind of outliers. So why not bring those two teams together that hopefully – uh, I haven't looked down the schedule, but hopefully that's going to open uh, some window later on for the Phillies-Yankees to get that thing back into 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 shape. And then ultimately, uh, that will get everybody but the Marlins uh, back on track. That's a different – that's a that's a, a battle that, that won't easily be fought uh, if you're a Marlins fan or uh, if you're if you're you're the health and safety part of the major league uh, front office. But, uh, you, you know, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the displaced Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you, you know, a couple weeks ago, they were, they were kind of vetting uh, United States-located ballparks. They wanted to play in a professional park, uh, but not necessarily anybody interested in sharing. Uh, so what they're doing at the moment is they're trying to prepare their AAA Buffalo facility to be a pro ballpark, um, but it's not at this point ready, so they're kind of road warriors. Uh, they're they're going to Nationals Park here in a few days, and they will be the the designated home team, but will be in Nationals Park. And then come the end of the week, uh, they will be playing the the Phillies, which uh, is is going to be played in Philadelphia with Toronto being a home place, the the home team. Uh, Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoya says uh, the truth is there's no place like home. Uh, he did not click his heels. He said, we feel comfortable playing at home, but that's not going to happen. Max Scherzer set to face the Blue Jays. Nate Pearson, uh, as in his major league debut, Pearson's considered one of the top pitching prospects, but he'll have to do so uh, on the road. Uh, Houston uh, picked up the 2021 option for manager Dusty Baker on Tuesday, four games into his Astro tenure. The 71-year-old Baker was hired in January to replace A.J. Hinch in lieu of the sign-stealing scandal. He said, I've been a lame lame duck manager probably four or five times. Uh, he said, I was one of the lamest ducks walking around, so it feels pretty good not to be a lame duck, and this is the best that I've been treated in quite a while. Uh, Dusty is a good dude, uh, but the problem is, Dusty, uh, Houston is, uh, is probably a really good example if you've if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, uh, Dusty, you're getting you're getting the best of that. But hey, uh, inch or a mile, right? Winning's winning, and guaranteed money is just that. And ultimately, Dusty's doing a really good job of uh, of kind of 
navigating through what is going to be some rough waters for the Houston Astros. We're, we're four games in or whatever, and uh, or were four games in. Now we're five games in. And um, and they're having to deal with, with heckling and and teams re- retaliating and, and the likes thereof. So um, Dusty Baker's one that's going to have to uh, – to nonetheless navigate not just the uh, the nine man roster, the hitting rotation, uh, the pitching rotation, and and how they get to get to and from games, but he's going to have to deal with how uh, his players are attacked in wake of the sign stealing scandal. So all of that is is a big part of baseball and what will be uh, moving forward. But the Yankos, uh, like I said, a patchwork series uh, with the Orioles to try to uh, to salvage what has been a displaced early part of the season. But, uh, you, you know, it's just – it's one of those things that uh, it, it's uh, – with coronavirus, I think it's one of those deals, and I think everybody said it at some capacity, we're going to live with this thing. You know, coronavirus isn't just going to one of the – one of these days goes, you know what, I'm just – I'm really not digging this United States thing. I'm just going to – I'm just going to move out. I would be okay with that, but it's just not going to happen. So versus – trying to quickly and only worry about how to get rid of coronavirus. We need that to be, you know, pushed to the healthcare officials and we as as modern society and, and us as as people, we got to worry about how to live with it. And I know, you know, that that scares a lot of people and and quite frankly, it probably scares me. I've got two little boys, one that has some level of respiratory issues. So, uh it, it's a it's a ner- unnerving moment. But at the same point, you know, you, you've got to you've got to do with what you have. Uh, you've got to understand the information that you have, and then just make some the best decisions that you have. And uh, and looks like that is the way the sports world and then society in general is moving forward. A lot of different decisions being made across across the the country, and a lot of different um, a lot of different outcomes coming the way uh, of how. Uh, things will be handled, but uh, uh, that's the baseball side of things. As as again, the 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 standings, if you will, are uh, a, a little bit of helter skelter. As uh, five games in is maybe not representative normally of a baseball season, but I will say, uh, sitting sitting uh, with more than five percent of the season exhausted, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays sit atop the AL East, four games to one, a whole game ahead of the Orioles. Yankees and Blue Jays. The Cleveland Indians sit atop by themselves a half game ahead of the Minnesota Twins in the AL Central. And the AL West sees the Houston Astros and the Oakland A's tied atop the division, just one game ahead of the LA Angels. In the National League, the Miami Marlins currently sit atop, uh, tied with the Mets for the lead in the NL East. Uh, but that will uh, that will diminish as games get behind them because again uh, they've only played three games where everybody else has played five. Uh, the NL Central, the Cubs are in lone first place uh, in the Central ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals by a game and a half, uh, the biggest lead in Major League Baseball. And then the San Diego Padres atop the NL West by themselves at a four and one record, half game ahead of the Rockies and a full game ahead of the Dodgers. So uh, that that is a that's a fluid situation as here we are in the early going of the season, but nonetheless, you got to be you're in the lead for the time being, leading a lap 
is a big deal. So, again, the Rays, Indians, Astros lead the American League, and the Marlins, Cubs, and Padres lead the National League. But let's take a quick break, listen to our fine sponsors, switch gears, and talk about how the USA South is dealing with football this fall, how the or maybe not dealing with football this fall, how the NCAA has allowed Week Zero to be a thing, and then how Governor Lee's adjustment to the executive order will impact local sports. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work, or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. On Thursday, July 30th, 2020, the Maryville Huddle will host an online candidate forum. State House candidates for Districts 20 and 8, as well as Congressional District 2 candidates, will participate. For more information, please contact the Maryville Huddle at maryvilletnhuddle at gmail.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Marable High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. 
so, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. Listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. Uh, talking a little bit about baseball and what the post-COVID baseball forum has looked like. College football is still trying to build that brand. As uh, the USA South and uh, Maryville College uh, have decided uh, that they will not come back to the football field this fall. The USA South Athletic Conference announced on Tuesday that it would be postponing fall sports until the spring due to an ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Football, men's basketball, women's soccer, and volleyball, and men's and women's cross country are the sports affected by said decision. Men's and women's basketball currently unaffected, and the presidents of the conference voted unanimously in favor of of the postponement. It said providing safe opportunities for our student athletes to pursue their passions have always been a hallmark of this conference, said James Mellichamp, uh, Piedmont College president and chair of the USA South President's Council. Uh, the global pandemic has currently hindered our conference, along with the vast majority of Division Three conferences, to carry out that intention this fall. Until we can ensure safe conditions for student athletes, coaches, and staff, to travel, compete at a variety of different campuses, institutions, uh, we will need to focus our efforts on maximizing the opportunity to develop best practices as it relates uh, to not only the collegiate athlete but also our academic side uh, within the constraints of local and state guidelines. Uh, it says it is up to each individual institution's discretion how low-contact sports 
uh, such as men's and women's golf and tennis, will conduct this fall. There is no placement schedule for the spring yet. Uh, the USA South Athletic Conference participant, uh, they are part of Division Three. Uh, and both schools from North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, and Kentucky. Uh, Student-athletes participating in fall sports will be able to practice without losing a year of eligibility. And uh, Maryville College, uh, a team that came off a 3-7 and seven record a year ago with all three wins coming inside conference play, uh, the women's soccer team had, had the most success, finishing 15-5 and five and a perfect 8-0 and mark in conference play. Uh, won the USA South tournament against rival Covenant. But, uh, y- you know, you talk about what this decision means, and, and Division Three is a different animal. Uh, and I say that because uh, Division Three, there's 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 less, if any, uh, sponsorship dollars or, or, or scholarship dollars to be had. So, again, uh, the risk and reward – is a little more broad. Uh, I think. I think from a financial standpoint, losing the gate, losing possible concessions, losing a lot of what you would bring in from the the attendance of said events had a, a big impact on on this decision. Uh, and I think you know, looking to postpone till the spring, give them the best opportunity to possibly have some level of capacity uh, within the stands. I, I know talking with some people that were close with Maryville College. That was a, a determining factor. Was that the 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 opportunities uh, that that was taken away really weighed heavy on the financial side of what it would take to get this off the ground? Not to say they weren't impacted uh, by the safety aspect. I'm just saying that there was a real financial burden that was about to take place should the should the season uh, take off as it were. But uh, again. Kudos to Troy Provost Heron as uh, he dropped his story about six or seven days ago, uh, and it was disputed and somewhat uh, it was not retracted. He he stood by his story, but nonetheless, it this is real real talk now uh, as this is uh, released by uh, you know not only uh, you know large uh, outlets, but also this is this is a conference uh, release, not a Maryville College release per se. So uh, again. Uh, USA South Athletic Conference featuring Maryville College uh, will not have fall sports, uh, or at least not fall team sports. Again, golf, tennis, and those kind of activities are still very much uh, on the table and are being delegated how that will will take place. But um, I, I think the fall sports, football, you know, soccer, and those kind of things could be interesting if we get this thing under under you know under control. It gives the opportunity for these these universities and these student athletes to play in front of a, a larger crowd. Uh, again, who who knows what what the uh, how quickly fans will be willing to return uh, to said venues? But nonetheless, this gives them the best opportunity. So again, can't knock the decision. I can say that it's a lot uh, farther on that on that that side of things uh, than other conferences and and even other you, you know even other sports. So. Uh, I think as we we move forward, we'll find out which one is the uh, is the right decision, which one's the better decision, and ultimately how each each conference and team uh, recovers from such. But the NCAA uh, for Division One football uh, has a little bit different take on on that recommendation. The NCAA is allowing all major football teams to begin their season as early as August the 29th. The association confirmed that football oversight committee had requested a blanket waiver 
to permit any school to push up the start of its season to a so-called week zero. The official start of the season had been Labor Day weekend with a few scheduled games for August 29th. This has been uh, before the coronavirus pandemic put the season in a little bit of a question and schedules had to be remade to deal with disruptions from conference cancellation and uh, and different COVID-related changes. Some schools and conferences are working on delaying the start of their football season while others are trying to get a head start. Kansas and Oklahoma from the Big 12 have already moved uh, their opening games against FCS opponents to August the 29th. Uh, again, Oklahoma doing that creates themselves a bye week before seeing the Vols. So, uh, y- you know, I think it's it's funny because – I don't think any of these conferences or any of these divisions necessarily talk to one another. And I don't know that that's good, bad, or indifferent, but I think it's funny because <laughs> you've got one conference and it, albeit very, very central to the, to the Southeast. Uh, you've got one conference that's pushed this thing all the way out to spring and several conferences that have made that decision. But then the NCAA goes, sure. The sooner, the, the sooner you get in there, the sooner you get out of there, and uh, let's let's just kind of start it now. And I hope, and and if it's my opinion, and this is this is where I sit, I think the NCAA looks at it and, and looks at the Miami Marlins situation of Major League Baseball and says, "Listen, the earlier you start, the more room we've got to delay, pause, uh, do different things uh, to still try to get in some semblance of a real season." Point blank. I I, I don't know that this is. I want to be optimistic and, and feel like they have information that other sports don't, but I, I don't think anybody has good information. I think it's a it's a um, fly by the seat of me, albeit a very high-dollar pair of pants, but they're flying by the seat of their pants. And uh, I think making good observations and making good potential decisions is, is what's making the difference in a lot of different sports. I mean, if you look at it, baseball cranked it up. Basketball's cranking it up at the end of the week. Nash, you know, the NHL is cranking it up toward the end of the week, uh, and, and football's still kind of spinning their wheels. So I think uh, this is an opportunity to to stop spinning and move forward a little bit, uh, get some of these teams on the field. But it, like I said, I, I think this is probably an efforts uh, to get, give uh, opportunity for pause or delay or or stoppage, whatever that was to look like. Uh, if you go ahead and start on week zero, so I think this is is in lieu to give give the uh, the opportunity for for recovery, uh, not not because they they feel like uh, everything is clean and clear. So uh, again, looking at the NCAA and what they're allowing, um, like I said, I think that uh, that helps the smaller schools because it doesn't make them cancel uh, the matchups with FCS opponents, but at the same rate, it pushes uh, things to where you get an opportunity. Uh, to recover should that come to be. But, uh, y- you know, it's uh, it's all a big changing moment. Uh, as, as you know, we've talked about Maryville College level, Division three. We've talked about Division one and what they've allowed to, to happen at the, the highest collegiate level. Uh, but what's happening at the high school level? Uh, East Tennessee, to be, to be frank, uh, Governor Bill Lee's office announced Tuesday uh, that that had a ex- issued executive order number 55 uh, to allow contact sport to resume for Tennessee high schools. The order allows TWSAA football and girls soccer teams to begin practicing with full contact 
following the organization's guidelines set July 22nd. Uh, South Doyle's coach Clark Duncan said, I'm pleasantly shocked. He said, shocked that we're able to go full contact starting Monday. I really thought it would take until September 18th to see football hit the field. Football teams were allowed to begin heat acclimatization on July 20th. Each athlete must complete heat acclimatization two days of helmet only, three days in helmets and shoulder pads before they can ever enter full equipment practice. Uh, It says when you're a competitor, uh, you need something to look forward to. Ravenwood football coach Matt Daniels, he said you need a competition before today. Uh, That was a little in the air. We thought we would probably be waiting until September 18th. Now we have a chance to start on time. Uh, It said we know we have a date, which is less than a month away now. Uh, That helps in the motivation factor. Uh, USJ, University School of Jackson football coach Mike Straup, says I'm excited. Uh, In the sport of football, you can only do so much at practice without contact. You can only go against air so much before it becomes monotonous. To have this and to know we can have a season, not a shortened season, gives us hope. And, and again, I think that's a you, – you have to be – you've got to be smart in this decision. You've got to practice till you have a reason not to. But at the same rate, understand that the potential is out there for some adjustment should things change from a, uh, from a uh, testing level, from a uh, outbreak level, et cetera, et cetera. It says once the order is signed – Contact also may take place in girls' soccer practice. Uh, The date of the first contest remains as originally scheduled, an August 17 matchup with the state championship to be held October 28th through the 31st in Murfreesboro. He said, I think we're all a little shocked. Uh, Hardin Valley soccer coach Jessica Stevens said, she said the girls were texting and asking, what does this mean? What does this mean? And you had to tell them you still weren't sure. Uh, but I know for the seniors, it means a lot to them. It said the TSSAA will allow football teams that are heat acclimated uh, to begin practicing as soon as the governor signs the order. Uh, county and city school directors and principals could also have a say in regard to their respective teams uh, starting contact drills that could override approval by the governor or TSSAA. said, I don't know if our school system will have to give us the okay um, first, and I'm not sure how this will translate to our ability uh, to use our locker rooms, but those things will get worked out, said West Creek football coach James Figueroa. Uh He said, I think coaches, we just need to know uh, when the season's going to start. We have to know, um, and we know now, and we'll adjust everything else. So I think that that's the, that's the, the, the situation moving forward, and then ultimately, you know, it, it's, 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 Full speed ahead at this point. It says, while many players, coaches, and fans across the state were were excited about the news, uh, not all think the decision is best. Uh, some, some people are saying, uh, I'm glad for the kids, but I just think there's a lot of hoops to jump through. This is Christian Brother football coach and Tennessee Football Coaches Association president uh, Thomas McDaniel. He said, I think when you look at the numbers and what's happening in, in the MLB, I kind of scratch my head a little bit. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what, what happens there. He said, with the uncertainty of what the governor will sign to order, um, coupled with potential school districts being involved in the decision, uh, many teams are not planning on starting contact drills until Monday. Others will get started as soon as they have the okay. 
Uh, Rockville coach Rick Rice says, we're glad to hear the news. What coach isn't pumped up right now? Uh, he is he is one of the coaches who will get his squad started as soon as possible. He said, it's something we needed to hear. Uh, we need to get the kids back in school, back uh, in playing high school sports. He said, we need to do it at a safe level. That's first and foremost, but we need some type of normalcy. Uh, it said, when we get back to practice tomorrow, it will be a different energy level. I think that's a that's a very true statement. Uh, but uh, Mr. Childress from the TSSAA said yesterday after, after the order kind of came down, he said, children across the state are counting on us, uh, school administrators and coaches, to proceed with practice and competition safely while being mindful of modifications that we have put into place. Our return to play is a partnership, and it's important for everyone to do their part. Um, at this point, if things move forward, there will be no change to the 2020 football schedule. The contingency plan is still there should should delays or should pauses have to take place. And, of course, the regulations, the 12-point uh, regulation that was voted in uh, just last week will um, be be available. But the, the, the new terms say the first contest will be Friday, August the 21st, and state championship to be December 3rd through the 5th in Cookville. Uh, July 22nd is when the contingency plan kind of went in, and now July 28th was when Governor Lee said, uh, you know, this is what we're going to move forward with. This is an article from the Tennessee, and again, Cecil Joyce, Nashville, Tennessee, and writer uh, dropped this yesterday. Again, give him credit for the article. But let you know, I think it's an ebb and flow. I think as you look at high school sports, we're excited to see Alcoa, Maryville, William Blunt, and Heritage uh, hit the hit the turf, and I think they'll do so in different manners. But but at the same rate, uh, when you talk about getting back to normal, and we talked about it a little bit in the uh, in the the other topics, uh, normal is going to include COVID nineteen now uh, until there's a there's a the vaccine until there's a there's a reputable source uh, to do so. Uh, this is going to be something that that sits with us. So how we uh, how we mitigate, how we you know navigate through what is going to be some crazy next few weeks. I mean, I think I think through the the hot temperatures is going to be very interesting. And then as we cool off in late October, uh, the questions will raise about a second wave. So. Uh, I think you got to be excited for what came down yesterday. You got to hope your team is uh, acclimatizing, uh, if, as that word has been a, a buzzword with the TSSAA. And uh, ultimately, uh, here coming Monday, I think most teams uh, will hit some contact practice. I'm excited to see that. I'm going to get over there and check out those Rebels and uh, ultimately uh, be really excited uh, for what is now uh, a plan to start on August the 21st, a plan that will stay in place until it isn't, which seems to be 2020 in a nutshell. But hey, let's take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about 38 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We'll talk about greats that wore the number 38, who wore it for the Vols, and Hall of Famers that rock the 38. All different sports talked about on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at wkbl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports.
Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Hunters and wildlife biologists have turned to Moultrie game cameras to enhance their outdoor scouting needs, and outdoor enthusiasts turn to Rule King for the lowest prices every day. This week's Rudy Special is a W300 game camera kit or a D300 game camera kit, normally $79.99, now just $39.99 each. This is while supplies last. Check out your outdoor and hunting headquarters at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Hump Day edition of The Grind. About 14 minutes till the top of the hour and 38 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We're, we're kind of diving into number 38 for the Vols. And who sits right atop that list? John Michaels. Guard from the 1950-52 to 52 seasons, Michaels was the best Blocking guard in the United States, said General Robert R. Nealon. Uh, Michaels guided the 51 Vols to their first consensus national championship. Tennessee rushed for 3,068 yards, scored 40 touchdowns, and rushed for nearly 307 yards per game. All school records. Uh, he was an All-SEC selection in 51 and received both All-Conference and All-American accolades his senior season in 1952. During Michael's senior year, he was awarded the Jacobs Trophy given to the SEC's best blocker. He is one of only 13 balls to win the award all time. Michael's played on teams which compiled a 27-4-1 record. He served as a, an assistant coach with the Minnesota Vikings for 27 years and was in four different Super Bowls. Uh, Boone talks a lot about about those Viking years and really how that 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 realization came late uh, to whether that was the same John Michaels. But he did go on to have a really great career in playing and coaching uh, at the very next level. Uh, another one of those why I wore the numbers. Seth Reagan was a punter from 2000 to 2002. He said I wore 38 because when I asked which number I wanted to wear, I said it doesn't matter as long as it has orange and white on it. He said, I liked wearing 38 because the 38 locker was in the middle of the locker room, and Coach Fulmer would typically stand in front of my locker 
to address the team when we won a game. He would stand in another part of the locker room if we got beat. So he felt like that was a good spot to be in. Uh, All-time number 38's Delbert Melton wore it first in 1937-38. Robert Broom wore it in 1940. Denny Ledford wore it in 41-45. Again, expanded because of, uh, of World War II. Alfred Russis wore it in 1942. Dick Reagan, 1944. Jim Vogren, uh, 46-7-8 and 9. John Michaels, again, 50 through 52. Bobby Moore, 1957. Alan Tanzel, 1967. Tim Towns, 70-71-72. Al Sawara, uh, 73-4-5 and 6. Donnie Oldham, 1978. Carlton Armstrong, 1980-81. Gino Magnus. Uh, 1983, uh, Eugene McIn- McIntyre, yeah, I think it, McIntyre, it's just spelled a lot different than normal, 84, 85, Mike Villa, 1986, Chris Treese, 87, 88, Jeff Tullis, 1990, 91, and 92, Greg Johnson, 94, 5, and 6, Bill Hurst wore it in 98, uh, Roger Alexander, 99, Seth Reagan, 2000, 2001, and 2, Brandon Johnson, 2004. Ben Green, 2005. David Campbell, 2007. Uh, Antonio Wardlow also wore it 06 07. Uh, Corey Eckholtz wore it 2009. CJ Fleming, 08 09 and 10. Scott Bubas, uh, 2011. And Justin King, 2011. Your current balls to wear number 38, Grant uh, Furking. Uh, wide receiver, 6'5", 209, redshirt junior out of Atlanta, Georgia by way of Westland School. And Solon Page III, a linebacker, 6'2", 218 pounds, redshirt junior out of Kale School uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So two Atlanta boys rocking the 38 for the Vols as we sit right now. A couple outside-the-box players that wore 38 that, that people judge as pretty good uh, number 38 in baseball would be Kurt Schillings, uh, future Hall of Famer. Uh, World Series winning pitcher Kurt Schillings won three World Series championships, uh, one with the Diamondbacks, two with the Boston Red Sox as he retired in the 2007 season. But Schilling, a six-time All-Star, is probably best remembered for beating the New York Yankees in the Bloody Sock game in 2004, the, the infamous uh, series that – Ultimately, what they're calling uh, reverse the curse, but uh, I argue that just because they didn't win the World Series by beating the Yankees, they had to go on and do that at the next series. But, you know, whatever it takes for them to feel, feel better about that. But anyway, Kurt Schilling's a great player. I always liked him because he was he was just a big dude and was real gritty, real tough, and, uh, and, and you know, just did, did what he needed to do. Um, Another 38 in the Southeastern Conference that was well-known and, and pretty big deal uh, for his day was uh, George Washington Rogers, Jr. He was a football player that played at the University of South Carolina in the 80s. Uh, he played. Uh, he was an All-American, uh, won the 1980 Heisman Trophy. He was the first overall pick in the 81 NFL Draft, and he played professionally uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Washington Redskins as, as an NFL player, uh, and he rushed for over – seven thousand dollars or oh he rushed for over seven thousand dollars he rushed for over seven thousand yards in his professional 
uh, career. His career accolades and awards Super Bowl champion, 22, uh, three-time Pro Bowler, 81, 2, and 6, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro in 81 and 86. He was NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 81, rushing touchdowns leader in 86, rushing yards leader in 81, uh, New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame member, uh, Heisman Trophy 1980, Consensus All-American in 80, and South Carolina Gamecock number 38 is a retired jersey in Columbia. Uh, his NFL record, again, 7,176 yards, average of 4.2 yards a carry and 54 touchdowns. And, uh, again, they haven't had a, a Heisman Trophy winner in Columbia before or since Mr. Rogers uh, made his uh, made his campaign through um, through Columbia, South Carolina, and really through uh, through basically anybody that wanted to get in front of him. Uh, he he uh, he had a pretty good record his his four years at South Carolina. Uh, played basically every season, every year he was there. Only missed two games in a forty eight potential game uh, opportunity. He played forty six of those. Uh, six hundred twenty three yards as a freshman. And then from that point on, just grew and grew. 1,000 yards as a sophomore, 1,681 as a junior, and 1,781 as a senior. As a senior in college, he averaged six yards a carry, 14 touchdowns, and even caught the ball seven times. So he was a all-around player at South Carolina. Now, you look at the uh, the NFL Hall of Fame, an older, older entry, uh, quarterback Ani Herber, uh, he said, when you get old and past your prime, uh, to have a good day, any kind of good day, is a memorable thing in a player's life. He said, what you do in your prime, you expect yourself uh, a lot higher, but days come at the end of the trail uh, that you pretty much you find unexpected thrills uh, whenever you think that way. He played in 13 NFL seasons out of Wisconsin, 5'11", 203, uh, Arnold Charles Herber joined the Packers as a 20-year-old rookie. He threw a touchdown pass first in his in his very first pro game. Uh, he was also the long snapper, uh, teamed with Don Hudson for the first great pass-catch combo. Uh, he was NFL passing leader 32, 34, 36. Uh, he triggered four Packers title teams, left retirement to lead the 1944 Giants to the NFL Eastern crown. He has a lifetime passes gained of 8,041 yards and 81 touchdowns out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, you're talking about Arnold Herber, uh, one of those guys that passed the ball before that was cool. Uh, he did a lot of things before uh, necessarily it was known uh, to be a big thing. So Arnie Herber is one of those 38s in the NFL Hall of Fame. But if you look at the year 1938, it also had some pretty uh, interesting dynamics. We, we missed yesterday talking about that 39 team. Uh, I realized it about 39 seconds after we logged off yesterday. 39 Tennessee team, undefeated, untied, and unscored upon. The 38 season was also uh, a very good regular season, just not undefeated and untied. So uh, nonetheless, if you look at the year 1938, New York Giants were your football champions as they defeated the Green Bay Packers 23-17 to to become the NFL champion. Uh, And and then the uh, first high school oil bowl uh, was played. Whatever, that means something to somebody. Uh, Association, the World Cup was held in France. Uh, Italy retained their title, beating Hungary 4-2 in the final. 
and then if you look at baseball, the World Series saw the New York Yankees defeat the Chicago Cubs four games to nil, and Hall of Fame inductions uh, continued toward their goal of 10 initial inductees to the 39 opening of the Hall of Fame. Uh, and voters select Grover, Cleveland, Alexander. A special committee selects Alexander Cartwright and promoter Henry Chadwick uh, to be their uh, their 19th century players to get uh, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, basketball, the NBL championship, uh, the Akron Goodyear Wingfoots uh, win two games to one over the Oshkosh All-Stars. The All-Star, Oshkosh All-Stars, the last three years we've talked about, must be the like Washington Generals of the NBL. They're always there, but always seem to be on the wrong side uh, of this thing. So who knows? Who knows? But that was a very long time ago. But, you know, you talk about uh, the year 1938, and you talk about a lot of things that, that go on. But this day in history, you know, Boone, is a, he's found this new book, and it's got literally this day in history all the way back. Steve Garvey's consecutive game streak in 1983 kind of broke the record, uh, remains a National League record, uh, came to an end at 1,207. Uh, Garvey dislocated his thumb in a collision at home plate, uh, and the Atlanta Braves may have had a part in that very collision. Uh, birthdays from today, Dan Dreesen, uh, birthday today. Chad Billingsley, also birthday today. And uh, in baseball trivia, it's a hit. Times, they are a-changing. The Cleveland Indians in 1916, on this day, became the first baseball team in ever, in, in, in ever, in history, uh, to put what on their uniform? Numbers. Numbers. Before 1916, no numbers had, uh, had been on the sleeve of the jersey. And then on this day in history, New York, on the polo grounds, three fans were arrested. Larceny, their crime, they refused to return, return home run balls hit to the stands to a New York baseball team. So we'll just leave that at that. But nonetheless, charged uh, with theft and larceny as they, uh, they refused to return baseballs. What a, what a difference a few years make and a long time since 38, uh, 1938 has came to pass. But, uh, you know, 38 days till it's football time in Tennessee. As the schedules open up, we may have to open up our, um, our list because if uh, Tennessee backs up their dates anymore, uh, we're a little off pace and we'll have to meet up with it. But, you know, 38 days till it's football time in Tennessee. If, uh, if it happens, I'm excited. If it doesn't, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get through it. But you know what? Uh, top of the hour. Today we will return to SB Nation. Sorry for anyone who was listening and all of a sudden got – uh, I believe Don Williams was the first one to come on yesterday. If uh, country music's what you heard after the grind yesterday, that won't be what happens today, as I think we've got it fixed today, and we will return to normal programming. But you know what? If you're on your way to work or on your way home, I hope you've had a good Wednesday morning so far, but take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Jeffy Mack will be back.